And now, from the dry hills of Santa Clarita, California, it's time for America's least listened to podcast. It's Christianese with your blessing-filled hosts, Jared Burkholder, Dan Satchoff, and Brian Irwin. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Christianese. Dan Satchoff, Brian Irwin, Jared Burkholder. Jared Burkholder should probably be first. Sorry, Jared Burkholder, because he's a pastor. You. No, no, no. Yeah, t- top to bottom. Yep. Jared Burkholder, right, Brian no. Irwin, Dan Satchoff. No, yep. No, yep. no that's, that's not top no, to bottom. No, no more. No more. No more. Hey, guys, Let's check each one of our, um, our uh, bank accounts, and I'll let you know where I stand, which <laughs> yeah. is not <clears> Now I'm right. on the bottom. How about that? Hey, everybody. Oh, okay. you know, honorable position, buddies. <laughs> yeah, go I don't ahead know if and I want to actually acknowledge what <laughs> is happening while I'm talking, but okay, you, let me. Can I set the picture real quick? Weird... So I've got a glass of water over to my right, and I've got I've got the control board for the podcast on my left. So I keep trying to reach over and grab the water, and every time I do, the headphone pulls off, and Brian's looking at me like, "Are you going to do this again? I did it three times in a row. Thank this you. Was, let me serve you. This was and I and I, the millennial. This is going to go over all millennials heads but i was literally watching the three stooges slapstick it, the only thing missing was the fact that dan was not in black and white because i was just like what it, what are we what, is, what are you doing what you constantly were yanking yourself back first off poor, poorly designed okay and secondly, From the after, start. how many how many episodes do we have to have before he gets a longer that is true. Uh, thing for your head? Dan look. has a 26-inch leash <laughs> look to the podcast yeah, board. Is that, was, did, was no that offense, man, but this young? is... Did you right. leash your children? Just because... Don't make By fun the of... By the way, which is don't, never leash a yeah, child. Yeah, we don't have... Uh, we you don't two have judgy yeah, but guys... But leash children. I think it's horrible. Yeah. I think it's... it's I'm horrible. going to Disneyland next week. Have you ever been like a you Disneyland? Are? You've seen that where like the kid is on the leash? Yeah, you don't know about the child leash? You know about the child leash. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's horrible. I've got one for my but I get it yeah. now because I'm terrified that I'm going to like turn this way and look back and Andy's yeah. gone and then I have uh, yeah I use it for yeah, my but wife you, but you don't Horribly. do it correct yeah. well I don't know we'd never like listen we're simple people we stay at home most how about of the time. you just parent your child instead of leashing them mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. I want to give them lots of medication Brian and then leash them you have to box them in that's you right you tell them Brian basically you tell them Brian you have to, and you have to hire two other people just yeah. so you know when you when you go because two parents can't do it so you have to cover no, all no. four corners yeah, and of course. you just box the child in at all times yeah. I always try to hire a, uh, you know, a vagrant you know, yeah, or a, yeah. uh, some kind of a hobo you gotta go, they're cheap yeah right you gotta go eight eyes on them at all times eight eyes eight eyes man eight eyes. Eight eyes. we're joking but like I'm that kind of I'm still helicopter parenting enough to where it's like like every time when I go for a run I Oh, you're so I leave the front door unlocked. We have an exerciser, Dan. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but I run. Every time uh, I'm running a marathon or a 5K. Every time I'm taking care of my body, for me personally, no, I leave the door unlocked and I always walk away thinking like, this is the day Andy's going to walk out and that's it. It's gone. Helicopters and I don't even like thinking about it. Yeah, I I still my mom used to do this. She used to wake up every night and come <laughs> check on me, and I'd always be like, ah, "She touch you? What are you doing? Yeah, or just stare at you creepily?" <laughs> well, both. And it was like, what? Oh, and I would wake up and be terrified, and yeah. I do that with Andy all the time. Yeah. You know what? The the night. I had yeah. the reverse. Really, my oldest son Tanner used to come in and stare at us in the middle of the night. So I'd be like, ah, ah, and like just like literally like, why are you oh staring at me right now? Like, he had nothing else to do, and I just think he was just like, that's the beginning of a Stephen King novel yeah. right there. <laughs> No. Wow, Andy. Uh, like sometimes we'll sit on in the back porch after we put Andy to bed, and yeah. he's doing this thing now where he gets up like nine times after we put him down. But wow. he's so quiet, and he won't knock on the glass or anything. <laughs> so he'll be there for like ten minutes. Knock on the glass? What are you at a zoo? <laughs> no, we're <laughs> we talking about knocking on the glass. We're out on the back porch, and I'll look oh, back, okay. and he's just like standing there looking at me through the window, and it's literally it. I pee a little bit. I pee a little wow. bit. It's terrifying. Wow. That's but that's part of parenting. 
is the terror, right? Like, right. Yeah. If you're not terrified, you're not parenting properly, especially a certain age group, right? <laughs> I think that's the title of that's this podcast. Title of my, that's right. This episode in of terror parenting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If Listen, you're not terrified, you're about not waterboarding right. and discipline. I mean, I don't think that kind of information yeah. is shared enough, right? Yeah. We always talk about we're we're trying to have kids. Uh, birth is a miracle. Isn't that child beautiful? Like all, we're always putting it in <laughs> all these that categories. Crap. Yeah. No one is talking about like that's cool and all. Yeah. But what about all these other things that you you really should be preparing yourself for? Okay, right? Yeah. right? No right. one ever really wants to get to that stuff. No, nope. or like telling you like, hey, there's going to come a point earlier than you think when your kid is going to both have diarrhea and vomit at the same time, and you need to figure out <laughs> how to handle that two pronged Di- vomitria, the vomitria, the, the yeah. die vomitria. Yeah, I think every episode we have created words. I think we, have. or at least have been in a search for those are Christianese. Vocabulary. I don't know if created is the right term, but maybe yeah. we vomited. Speaking them out. of which, we haven't talked about any Christianese words for a while, Jared. Oh, you got oh, one? Uh, yeah. I got a phrase here that I like that maybe we can unpack for uh, for our friend here, Brian. God wants to prosper you. You ever heard that? God wants to prosper you. Yeah, so uh, to name names, uh-huh. I think our dear friend Joel Osteen, Joel Osteen and his ilk talk about this a lot that, uh, yep. listen, you know, if you have faith, uh-huh. God will provide you a parking space uh-huh. every time Preach your pastor. you need it. I uh, Someone gave me his book kind of as a gag, and I... It was my toilet book for a while. I was on the back of the toilet and I could read it. Well, whilst I was there, yeah, and uh, that was really one of his art or one of his examples was, yeah. If you have enough faith, I was out driving one time and I had faith. Right. Parking lot was full. Right, and I turned the corner. Yeah, parking space. Yeah, and the Lord prospered me. And he was blinking a lot when he said that. So he yeah. was blinky blinky. Yeah. This was after Does he, blink he a lot. Is yeah. that a thing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. the translation he locked his church for the for the Houston, in Houston. Yeah, yeah. Who needed? Yeah, the translation <laughs> yeah. for him for God will God, God will prosper you is give me money. What do you do with people like that? As you Christians, roundly as condemn them, yeah. and say no, no, they're not like, Christian. Yeah. yeah, but do you try to change them, or do you just no? But I mean. Or do you First, feel like they're lost and there's nothing you can do about it? Or is it more? Or is it more? Are you more worried for the followers of them than you are the person that's? I doing think it? That, I curious. that. Yes. Is it like you know? 100%. Sometimes people, <laughs> I'll, I'll meet with somebody at church and they tell me I read this book and this book. Like good books, solid books, and I love to watch Joel Osteen on the TV. Now I'm not like censorship police where I want to kick in your door and stop you doing that. Yeah. But he says enough things where like it's it's, it's off. just it's off just the other side of truth where it sounds pretty good. But when you stop and think about it, like no, that's that's horrible. And his theology is doesn't work in other places in the world. No. Right? What does he identify himself as? I don't know. What's he his would probably denomination? say he's a Christian. He well, he, so Christian. he doesn't flat out say. Oh no, no, he's he. But I don't know what denomination is he. I, I, don't, I have no idea. I think he's his own thing. He's got like thirty-five thousand people to go to his church. Yeah, I don't know. And I use church loosely. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what you can do for that. I mean, like, I we don't have access. But I, if I ever was, I mean. I, I can't imagine that he doesn't know the Bible well enough to either he's he might either not. he's either intentionally doing it or he simply doesn't understand and that's a case where I think you can pray for somebody but I I don't know that you could tell him I'm sure he's heard it clearly well, this but this is like not. the the Jim Baker thing right there's yeah. people around yeah. the world who prey on poorer people absolutely in the in the name it's a business. of Christianity yeah. there's this church in Mexico City kind of where some of our missionary partners are in their same neighborhood, and they have this huge sign on their church that says "Pare de sufrir," which means "Stop suffering." Mm. And the whole point is, if you come here and you kind of give a seed gift, you give us some money, That's we right. can promise you're not going to suffer. And when when you give the money and you don't stop suffering, it's right. not their fault; it's it's your fault because you didn't you don't have, have enough faith. faith. Well, yeah. and so the, so it goes to that whole thing of like the Seven Hundred Club and Jim and Tammy, Fay, Jim, yeah. t- t- Tim, whatever Tim and Tim, Tim and Jammy Faye is what I like to say. <laughs> whatever it doesn't even matter to me. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but the 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 capitalism, the business of yeah. of, and yeah. he Joel Osteen clearly is in business oh, for Joel absolutely. Osteen, right? I mean, yeah. and that's why I've always found it a little bit odd that people either they know it and they don't care, or like what's going on there? Like I think they believe it. Like, and and it's yeah. interesting to hear. But are they okay with these guys making that kind of? They're dough proud of them. living. Probably, I, I was yeah. reading an article from somebody who come out of that movement, and they were talking about the fact that while they were in it. They were proud of the fact that their pastor drove a Rolls Royce while they yeah. literally didn't have enough yeah. to why, put food. Why? Because in their mind, he was the example of faith. And so if so I can just if I can emulate I can have him. his faith, yeah. then I'll get where he's at. I'm yeah. not there yet. Yeah. But is that is that where is that where the message is distorted? Because it it, it it's not about riches, no, right? It's not about riches. No, and it's not about faith. No. Not that those things are frowned upon, correct? I just so I'm just so I'm clear. No, you but you also don't frown upon it. If you've if you've rightfully earned totally. a certain level of fame or success because sure, but, you've worked hard and you're a good person. But as a Christian that make you, you a bad person. No, right but now. as a Christian you shouldn't find your identity in that. Right. right Again, right. if that happens and and that's a product of of something that you can't control, as is the rest of a, a lot of life. I mean, you can do your best, but as a Christian I would say, okay, whatever happens God is allowed. So if your identity is in fame and then you trade on that uh, against the people, you know, who are who are coming to your church, that's that's horrible. I mean, it's a horrible thing. And I think what he did in Houston, that whole thing, I don't know why we all of a sudden we got on, you know, bagging on him because there's plenty of other people who have done this, but he's very prominent and you can see it. Like, you, you don't turn people away. That's just, that's a basic tenet of Christianity. Yeah, you but when you, you got know. new carpet, you know, <laughs> and there's that globe spinning thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, that being said, uh, just to kind of spin it in a different direction, I will yeah. tell you guys, I always, when I see people like that that are mega successful, yeah. it always makes me wonder, I'm like, where did they come from? Like, oh, yeah. What was their foundation, mm. their family? Well, his dad like, was a pastor. Was their, he took you know over from but his like, dad, yeah. But, but he's an aberration in respect that I don't think, was his dad that rich and that famous? And I don't think so. The same no, but I'm sure, it, yeah. It's just, it's always yeah. intriguing to me. Oh, it is. How sure. that kind of stuff happens, because obviously now going through raising a family and really trying to figure out what's the foundation here, Yeah. when, you know, when, when, we, when we cut the umbilical cord, if you will, or send him on, like you've got a kid yeah. going to college, like yeah. what's the foundation before yeah. they're finally flying off on their own, man, and it's just like they're gonna go live their own life. Like, how do they become what they become without you having a complete and utter control over them, but also having a great appreciation of the time that we all spent with each other? You know what I mean? Like, it's oh, yeah. it's that whole mm. thing that I'm yeah. kind of going through right now, you know. And you're you're a little bit ahead of me. You're a little bit behind me. It's like that's that thing. It's like, and you look at guys yeah. like you're like, well, Joel Steen was a little tiny kid one time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At a point, and yeah. he turned into this. Yeah, and, and it's so, interesting you know, as a as an adoptive parent to think about how nature and nurture plays into that. Cause I don't know my son's nature, right? We're yeah. never going to meet his biological family. So I don't know what's there. Yeah. All I know and can control is he lives with us now. Yep. You know, we want to do the best we can. So let's talk about marriage and parenting today. Maybe this is too big a topic to tackle in one. Oh, it's too big. It's is too, it too big? Up. It's just, just too much. Up. It's give up. Too much. That's, that's Dan's theory. I surrender. Kids. Just yep. Give yeah. up. Just give up. Just marriage. give up. Dan, marriage. That's it. Marriage. Just marriage. Just give up. No. That's Dan's new book on marriage. Hold on a second. Just give up. You mean like, you mean like get divorced? No, no, no. Just give up around the house. Just yeah, 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 Like no. just yeah. settle. Yeah. No, that doesn't yeah. happen. Don't shower anymore. <laughs> That'll never happen. Um... Yeah, you know, it's and, interesting. And just to explain, the, yeah. the reason we're yeah. talking about this is not because we ran out of things to talk you about. Although, oh. uh, I think it's fun <laughs> to pick general things and talk about the ways that we come at this similarly and differently. Sure. Yeah. Differences. I think it's good. I mean, I, I think we can, it's something that people can relate to, too, because many people have the children. 
Many do, in fact. And for those who don't. <laughs> let who this don't be a warning under you. <laughs> let this be a warning. Turn back now. 85% of all human beings procreate. So I love it when people <laughs> always tell me early on, like, well, I'm never going to have kids. And I always just look at them and go, okay. Right. Well, okay. I like to tell people, yeah, maybe you should. You know, maybe that's probably a good choice. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. thanks for doing that. Let's, let's stay firm to that. And I do, I do all, often say the world doesn't need any more people. So if you're out, don't, no, one's, no, one's, no one's begging you. That's right. The world does need more Irwins. There's I no think. recruitment yeah. table so at the mall. Hey, if you kids heard about procreation, come yeah, on over yeah, here. Come on. Um, you know, for me, uh, the thing that sticks out just initially about parenting is that the minute I think I have each stage figured out, then I get to the next stage and I realize I don't know anything. I just completely, I, I'm just at, at my wits end because I'm like, wait, this worked for this amount of time, and then the new stage, I'm like, yeah. oh, wait, because this doesn't Because kids work. evolve at a rate of an iPhone. Yeah, they do. <laughs> like, it's like just when you start getting <laughs> used analogy. to the one yeah. you have, they're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Did you get the download? What, yeah, what, yeah. You get update here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it literally is got a new iOS. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a, they keep you on your toes, man. Yeah. They really, really do. that, And you you forget, because, you know, obviously, first things first, we live it, and yeah. we just kind of forget. You know, we have, we have our own weird perspective on what our youth was. Mm-hmm. And then when you finally have to face it. Yeah. You forget yeah. that it literally it happens so fast. You and know, now, as far as the, what you're talking about, I agree yeah. with you. It's like making a decision and, and thinking that's the set in stone one, right? Yeah. This is where it all <laughs> begins, middles, and ends. And then the next day, they're like, "No, no, whatever was yesterday is yeah. no longer." And I feel like you're I like, always like I just got it figured out, and then the chain, like, "Come on, just give me a week, just give me a week." For me, it becomes too about not, especially because I've got a son. We've got a son now who's in college, and that's been a weird away transition from home? away from home. How far? Uh, about an hour and a half, La Mirada. So That's that far, far enough, man. But yeah, no, this is but far it's, enough man. That's to be far. on his own. Wings. Yeah, but he's, um, you know, it uh, it becomes about trying to, as they get older, for me, it becomes less about, I told you to do this, do this, don't do that, don't do that. But it's, it's kind of um, trying to have that heart transformation thing where it's not because you've set a rule, but it's you're trying to get to that point where you have enough relation with, relationship with them that they will... They will see the thing to do that's either wiser or a kinder choice or a better choice, not because you've imposed a rule. You have to impose rules. You have to do that stuff. But at some point, you want that heart transformation where they they kind of do it themselves, you know, mm-hmm. there, or there's that, that, that desire to, to, yeah. to do something, not because you've told them that they're going to lose their phone for a week if they don't do it. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Right. Which you still have to do something. You have to do, but I'm, it's been encouraging with my son to kind of see... And I know we're gonna have we're gonna have failures and we're gonna have successes while he's away. And that's one of the things that they said at his college is, you know, we're the the president of the college was like, it really hit me. He's like, we're we're here for your kids. Your kids are probably gonna experience the greatest growth when they fail, and we're here for your kids when they succeed. But we're also here for your kids when they fail. And I thought, wow, that's that's great because through that, hopefully, he's gonna learn stuff. But it's been encouraging because even in some of the sh- the short time he's been there. As he calls me, he'll say, Pop, I, I figured something happened or whatever. And he's, I'm not there, and Jill's not there to kind of clean up and to try to be that helicopter parent as we all tend to be sometimes. Like, well, I'll fix it. I'll just, I'll make this okay. And he's kind of figuring it out without me there, which is so good. It's hard because as a parent, you always want to do that. But as he starts figuring this stuff out, from the Christian perspective, I start thinking, Man, thank you, God, because, you know, you're sovereign. You got my kid, and I've done the best I can do, although imperfect. But it gives me peace to know that, um, you know, that God's got him through the successes and through the failures, you know. Yeah, and along with that, to know that I can't screw up my kid in in one interaction, one bad interaction, right. one moment, you know. Because right. for me, 
I, I got a two and a half year old. Yeah, there's just moments where it's like, I just genuinely don't know what to do here. I yeah. really don't. Like, yeah. I can, I've read the books, <laughs> right? But like, I don't know what to say in this Joel moment. Joel Osteen is not a good place to Well, to I just keep telling him, if he just has family, because I'm know? assuming this is all you read. <laughs> He'll get more Cheerios, <laughs> okay. right? I tell him that. Um, <laughs> you know, like when there's this constant disobedience to know like, okay, do I need to be firm here? Do I need to, is this just time to sweep him up and just hug him and tell him it's going to be okay? Yep. Is it time for both? Yeah. I think that the thing that, is surprising and and maybe not surprising because I should have known this is like marriage was this huge mirror to re- to reveal how much of a jerk I am like just how uh-huh. entrenched yeah in my selfishness I am and parenting has been that too like it's just been like this <laughs> like I think like okay yeah yeah I get it I'm not a great person cool 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 yeah and then Andy comes along and it's like man I'm just selfish you know like I'm lazy yeah. I'm selfish yeah um, there's times that I get upset at him for doing things that are just like he's two you know what i mean like he's trying to go to the bathroom and he yep. just doesn't get his pants down in time and now there's pee everywhere like that just happens and yet my sinful heart is is upset in that moment yeah just been a good revealer that i got a long way to go oh yeah i need a lot of jesus mm. i need a lot more a lot more of christ righteousness me too me. me too man and keeping short accounts like that because so much of the time like you will have a bad day you're tired you're frustrated with your life or whatever, and then your kid comes to you, and the number of times where I have snapped, and I've, like you said, it's something innocuous, but that's the straw that broke the camel's back that day, and I will I will be rude or short or whatever, and then, boy, when I can keep those accounts short and, and as quickly as possible say, you know what, I'm sorry, that's wrong, that's bad, I've never had my kids. That's the other thing is kids are so forgiving and willing to say, hey, Dad, that that's that's okay, but the times where I've sat on it because my pride has prevented me from saying, "Hey, I'm sorry, I screwed up," um, and then you know when they sit with it for a while, that's that's the worst thing. If I can, if I can at least catch it quicker, and that's with marriage too. I mean, the the, the shorter accounts you keep, and the quicker that I can say, "You know what, sweetie, I screwed up," and some. It, I think it's harder with marriage with me a lot of times because I don't want to admit I was wrong. Yeah, but Brian, you perfect. are wrong. <laughs> almost universally yeah. almost universally yeah yeah i think too no one could could ever have communicated the joy that's in parenting like mm-hmm. just the insane delight i take in my son and the things that he enjoys oh yeah you know um just the little things he do that i think are hilarious or just like love watching him have fun you know when you come back in my job when i come back from a long day of emails and people being upset with me and their strategy and there's never enough money or enough time to do all the things that we need to do right and kind of stumble in the door and then like he's just pumped to show me that he drew this apple tree and like that's, that's his awesome. world you know like <laughs> for, that just kind of reframes everything and kind of yeah. calls back to okay this is what matters right here like yeah. the fact that i'm going to invest in my son and that for whatever reason, like he doesn't care what kind of day I had. He just, he made this apple tree that he really wants to show me. Yeah. That's just awesome. Oh yeah. So for the people who don't want to have kids, I get it, but you're missing out. Yeah. You, you are missing out. I'll speak for them. You guys are lame. Hey, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, that's true. You're not wrong. That's true. You're not wrong. You guys don't party enough. That's <laughs> hey, tonight we're going to get out of the house and go to the Greek and. No way. You know, this is how I know. Wait, I'm, us three? Yeah. All of a sudden you're Surprise! like, honey, um, everybody, we're going to see Abba. I said something. Yeah. Going to and, see 38 um, Well, anyway, uh, Dan and Brian are here. So, uh, <laughs> and they're going to have to get in an overcoat and pretend to be one person. And they never get out. And they're really excited. And I'm really afraid if <laughs> Sorry, I disappoint babe. them. <laughs> they're dads too. They never get out. <laughs> no, I know I'm like a, uh, a Midwestern stodgy 
guy when like i'm i'm excited to go to the thing we're going to at the greek but the whole time i'm thinking like oh the parking is gonna be the worst man oh, yeah, yeah. i just yeah. that was always my dad's thing like well listen we would go out but parking and now like i'm in the same like we don't go anywhere because i hate parking uber and left dude what are you going to see uh there's an npr podcast that's taping that we oh, really cool. love that's, that's cool. great yeah we're really excited that's once i get parked i'm gonna be really excited i had almost seriously considered it's thursday night football uh, this week at, at the Coliseum, and I had seriously considered going, oh, really? and then I was like, let me see how much it did. No way! I'm like, I am not sitting in the nosebleeds for a couple hundred dollars per ticket. Like, I, I literally made like a quick dad to say, like, hey, kids, we're all going to the... No, we're not. Nope, just uh, kidding. We're all going to the living rooms. You kids are too expensive, so oh, we're watching this one on TV again. Any volunteers to sell a kidney? Nope. No, then we're staying home. What's the separation between your boys? Two years? Three years. Three years. Uh, as my wife always said, you got to make sure there's space so that they can maintain a friendship. Oh, that's, wow. that's three that's years. Good. Over three years, they're less likely in the early years to be buddies because, and it makes sense if you think about it from a developmental standpoint. Yeah. Um, they're just not going to be. They're going to be so far apart as far as what they're into that, and it did work out. Except for Siamese twins. I think that doesn't hold yeah. true. <laughs> that's true. Well, first off, if you have Siamese twins five yeah. years apart, yeah. Um, was Somebody once, was, was rotting was, somewhere. Was one yeah. still in half the time? Yeah, they're connected by an umbilical cord. Oh, you might want to cut that part out. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and apologize okay. for everything. I that's a horror. Right that's there. a horror movie right there, hey, everybody. So Welcome back to Sideshow Talk is, with Dan, Jared, and Brian. That was bad. <laughs> wow. Um, but from the positive standpoint, I think where my wife was right about this. Hey, I'll get it. Hold on. That, uh, are you still throwing up? Who's that? Is that, that me? It's not me. Hey, everybody, never mind. I'm going to decline that one. Well. You, well, okay. Um, a little podcast tip for those of you who are engineers. Uh, two things. Uh, one, make sure that your uh, headphones have a long enough cord on it so you can accomplish uh, things right. like drinking water and hydrating. Right. Secondly, um, put your phone on vibrate. And thirdly, and make floor. sure you play Girl on the Bike. I enjoy spending the time talking to you. Oh, girl, I love you. Here comes a good part. Chorus. So anyway, that was Girl on the Bike. By, by, by the way, wow. yeah. mm-hmm. and I mean this from the core of my heart. Yeah. One of the greatest songs I've ever I've ever heard. And I yeah. mean that. I yeah. lo- you know I love that oh, song. Oh, me too. Can we name the artist so that other people could find this too or no? Ralston Shanklin and they cannot find it anywhere. Ralston yeah. Shanklin? Yeah, I used to a long time ago. <laughs> Tell us the story, to, Brian. Uh, a long time ago, I... Uh, uh, and you know what? This is actually a good story because it actually has some heart to it and it has some understanding, right? I, uh, I used to work at a CD manufacturing company. CDs, children. Um, it's a compact disc. Compact disc. It's something you actually uh, physically have to touch in order to listen to music uh, without pushing uh, <laughs> like a virtual button. Not in the cloud. Yeah, you don't just ask for it and it doesn't just show up. You actually have to go get it physically. Back in my day, we had to work to listen yeah. to music. But no, so um, the we got people would just ship us stuff and say, can you manufacture whatever, 100,000? We were a small company, so 100,000 CDs, whatever. Not 100,000, 100 or 1,000. Small runs. And uh, we got this one, and I and I looked at it, and I'm like, what is this? Um, <laughs> I didn't recognize the people on the cover. I'm like, whatever. There's a lot of bands in, in Milwaukee. And it was like, these guys had made this music as part of a class at uh, one of the one of the technical colleges in in, in town, and um, 
we put it in and we just started listening to it and we were like at first we're like haha and then you start listening to it and if you know anything about music structure yeah, yeah. you're like this is genius like yeah, it, is. it hits all the benchmarks keep talking i'm gonna give you some bad music of girl in the and it actually becomes very catchy and it gets stuck in your head and then we actually got our the people at work got so obsessed with the song that we found out that they were doing a performance of it as part of their final grade or whatever for that class. We went. That's awesome. We went. We were the only ones there. <laughs> but those guys were so it was just two guys. That's incredible. And they were so stoked. I have a signed autograph disc of this. I, I I mean again, I'm not making any fun of this. I'm genuinely I've always thought, man, if there was a way this could have been a hit song, it would have been. We're going to do that with Christianese right here. We're going to bring back Girl on the Bike. We're going to make that a top 40 hit. We're going to be sweeping the quarter hour with it. And Casey Kasem, if he were still alive, rest in peace, Casey, he would be uh, doing a long-distance dedication. 73 is top 40. Everybody sweeping the quarter hour. Hold on, traffic and weather together. Brian, what's going on out there? Every weekend, if you have Sirius XM Radio, 70s on 7, every weekend they do Casey Kasem's American Top Top 40. 40. I miss that. I miss that. I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. Who's Casey Kasem? (laughs) (laughs) He is the voice of Shaggy and Scooby-Doo. That's right. Okay. Thank you. I'm there. I'm with you. Keep reaching for the Robin in uh, the Super Friends. Super Friends. Okay. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Casey Kasem. That was his sign-off line? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And then his his life ended tragically with a messy family issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The usual sad. But anyway. Hey, back to parenting, everybody. Speaking of family. Speak. (laughs) Now we come full circle. Um... (laughs) I think we kind of talked about this in one of the previous episodes, but let's just circle back and go deeper. Uh, what's what's a virtue or like maybe the virtue that you want to instill in your kids over their time in your house? Over their over the time? Yeah. Like if they could leave with, I definitely want them to know, believe, understand, have this. Well, I, I have two things if I could say them. Oh my gosh. What, one <sighs> is, and it's very simple, always lead by being a good person. And it's a very simple idea. But it's if you start there, your decisions will probably be made a little bit better. Like depending on no matter what the situation is, you can ask yourself, "Am I being a good person here?" And it will never, it won't make you perfect, but it will at least give you a a, a, a starting point, how you behave in any given situation or how you start mm-hmm. your day. And again, it's 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 hard to do that, but if you can, I try to constantly remind them, be a good person, right? Um, secondly, I always say to, to uh, my kids because this really matters a lot to me, given given my my past is I always remind them, family will always be there for you and family is will always be one of the most important things you'll ever have in your whole entire life from beginning to middle to end. Mm-hmm. Always know that you can fall back on your family will always be here for you. So never forget that. No matter how hard your life is, your family will always be there for you. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Good job. I like this. Dan? Uh, I would say for me, um, probably the biggest, the biggest thing that I that I talk to them about now is that life is going to things are going to go wrong and you're going to have trials and you're going to have tough times uh, but you're going to have some great times but in all the times from my perspective and this is something that I'm trying to get better at but always seeking refuge in God first mm. before anything else because for me that's 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 what's etern- that's what's always going to be there for you, and I, and I agree. Like I understand what Brian's saying with family. Like family is an important. Certainly for me, it's an important thing. And I, but as I've looked back on my family, everybody has brokenness in their family, and 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 times, and sometimes you can't see how broken something is until you get, 
you get right in the middle of the mess. And yeah. I look back on my, my folks and, and my mom specifically, you were there right. at the end of my mom's life and my mom battled addiction and she had all kinds of things that I really, I didn't see clearly until I got really into it. And I realized, oh my gosh, if I, if I, if I tell my kids just to lean on, on me or lean on family all the time too, sometimes even family's going to disappoint. You know what I mean? So for me, the the because that was the thing with my mom. I would look, I would look to her. She survived my dad, so a lot of times I would look for her for certain things that she couldn't give me. She just wasn't she wasn't capable of giving me that. Um, and it's not because she didn't want to. She just she couldn't because in her brokenness, the way it manifested itself, a lot of times that addiction she wasn't she wasn't able to be what I wanted her to be or what I thought she should be. Hmm. And so. For me with the kids, because I know, I know how I disappoint sometimes. I'm going to disappoint them. Their mom's going to disappoint them. Life's going to disappoint them. But if they can seek refuge in God through that disappointment, through that trial, um, that's what I hope that they will, they will do, that they'll always, you know, I guess that's my big thing probably. Yeah. Can I change my answer based on what he just said? <laughs> yeah. I want to tell my kids when I get home that your dad is a failure. Please do not look <laughs> to him for anything because there's a pretty good chance he's going to let you down. And I'm really sorry that I ever led with the whole family will always be there for you because I actually just listened to what he said. And he is right. I will screw up and I will let you down children. So please just go to your mother for everything. She's a better person. And I'm, I will probably be asked to leave at some point from this family anyway. So just just remember, your mom is your savior. Thank you. That was that was that was my goal. That was my goal. Obviously, for you. Dan was giving a corrective. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. yeah. And I'd like to correct you both now in mind if I can. <laughs> your turn, boss. <laughs> you know, really turned off by both oh, of the yeah. answers. I have. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I also have two, and I like to start with the second one first, if it's okay. Um, yeah. Something my dad always instilled in me, and it really meant a lot yeah. uh, in college and kind of in that a transition from childhood to adulthood. He would say it all the time, and I didn't really, it was kind of an eye roll thing, um, but he would always go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and talk about how you're not home yet, right? So as a Christian, we believe that, not that this world's like a waiting room, but that my yeah. ultimate home is found with God in eternity. Um, and he said, you know, you're going to feel a lot of times in life like you're you're displaced or you don't know where you belong, and that's okay because you're meant to feel that way. You're not home yet. And so as I transitioned from Mexico to Ohio to Pennsylvania and just mm. felt that, like my parents dropped me off at college in Pennsylvania and then got back on a plane and went to Mexico. And it was like, oh, cool. I'll just figure life out here on my own. Wow. <laughs> How old were you? I was 18. But like mentally, yeah, I was probably absolutely. 16 or 17, 15, something like that. Um, oh. So just to like to kind of take that to the bank and like, I don't, oh, Pennsylvania's not my home and I don't know where my family is. Like the closest is seven hours away. Yeah. I feel adrift. And then just kind of have like, okay, but my anchoring, this isn't a rebuke to what you said, my anchoring doesn't come in my family or especially for me in my circumstances. Because I don't, when people ask me, hey, where are you from? It's like, shut up, dude. I don't know where I'm from. <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, Mexico uh, City places. via... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're from... Shut up. Uh, so just to like take myself back to, yeah, I, I'm not home. So I want Andy to feel that. Because yeah. if, you know, we're probably going to move a few times in our life. But even if yeah. we don't, his rootedness doesn't come in his location or yeah. the people around him. It comes in his home. And then there's a line that Janelle and I throw back and forth to each other. And one of these days we're going to get it tattooed, but I'm just, I'm scared. I'm scared. It's permanent. I think it hurts. And you'll also be fired if you get a tattoo because be I'll tell the elder board in a second. The, you guys have an elder board? Is like 100%. A water board? Yeah. yeah. It's okay. very it's similar. Like yeah. Very similar. Sometimes the elder board uses the water board. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but the thing that I want Andy to get is uh, the line we use is Jesus is better. So it doesn't matter what you compare to Jesus, he's always better. And I think for for us, we mean that in like in the midst of hard circumstances, 
yeah. in the midst of not finding our hope in lesser things, even when it comes to the temptation to, to do things that are wrong, to sin, yeah. uh, the trajectory that I want for my son's life is to pursue eternity, but also at every turn to believe, yeah. I don't need this because I have something better, yeah, yeah, yeah. better in Jesus. Okay, I got a question for Brian, because this, this comes up because we talked uh, a few times ago or something about your, your birthday party when I came to your birthday and, and saw your dad again. I hadn't seen him in years. What's the biggest thing you learned from your dad? That's a good question. Um, it's never too late to um, improve yourself. Yep. Honestly, I mean, I'm being very vague in it. I, I have a very specific memory yeah. from my dad. Yeah. After he turned 50 and he and I were walking, and I, I'll never I'll never forget. Like, I didn't really know. Like, you know, when you're a kid, you are you have a skewed perspective of how you view parents. They're yeah. older. They're secretive. At least my parents, they came from a generation. They didn't share Mine too. information. Mine too. So yep. You don't know much about them. You only kind of know what you see them. You know, they're, they work. They, you know, they cut the lawn. They just do, bo- they yeah. do boring things. They watch boring <laughs> movies. Like... <laughs> You're you're kind of like you're you're a douchebag. Basically, the way you perceive, you watch the news. Douchebag's perspective of how you view your adult parents, right? So your dad, you're talking about your dad at the age you are now. Yeah, you remember this. And um, I remember we were walking, and my dad turns me. He goes, "I don't. I'm going to run home." And I was like, "Dad, dad, dad." You know, as you're a young kid, you're like, "Dad, dad, let's calm down here, okay?" (laughs) I I still want you around for a while. This this is going to end poorly, right? Yeah. And he's like, "No, no, no, no. That's not that far. I'm going to run home." And and he did. Yeah. And he never stopped running. He ran for like another decade or 15 years. Wow. It became his thing. Wow. And I was always inspired by that only because it wasn't about the running. And yeah. it wasn't, he didn't specifically say anything within that message. It was his yeah. actions of like, whatever, in, in, in hindsight, when I look back, I was like, it, it, no matter, it doesn't, didn't matter what my perceptions were of him right yeah. before that. My perceptions yeah. changed of what a human being is yeah. and what a human being can become. Yeah. And how that they can evolve. Yeah. And that was mm-hmm. the message I took away from it. It wasn't like, well, you should always start running at 50. Or right. you yeah. should stop judging your parent and thinking that they're yeah. old at yeah. 50. That yeah. wasn't the message. Yeah. The message was, wherever you are in your life, there, there are you can make changes. You can make decisions that can continue to improve yourself. Yeah. And and I always appreciated that. And as, as I got older, they my parents evolved into these grandparents that said... Family is everything to us. Yeah. Being being parents and grandparents is yeah. everything to us. And it made more sense as I got older because yeah. I always thought my parents were crazy for mm-hmm. having seven kids and then having a gazillion grandkids. I was right. like, don't you get tired of the noise and the smell? <laughs> like, don't you, when when are you going to put a wrap on this right. and just bail on all of us? This has got to stop this insanity. And they were like, no, this is what life is, man. Yeah. This is what it is. Keep rolling with it. Keep yeah, evolving yeah. with it. And so like, that's, what I'm trying to accomplish that yeah. I, my parents lead more less through exposition and more through example example mm-hmm. yeah that's great giddy up that's a great that's a great thing to think about too because they're watching all the time aren't they yeah I mean I, I didn't it's realize startling how often I didn't realize that till my kids started getting a little bit older and I see that in my youngest sometimes I I see things that she will copy that I have modeled poorly mm. In terms of when I get frustrated with something, how I rather than uh, kind of take it in stride, I will get, I will get really frustrated and I will get really passively aggressively uh, just kind of nasty about things, and I I watch her kind of pick that up, 
and in how she's done things. And I thought, oh, you know what, Jack Ball, you've really done a horrible job because, and I, I try to be Ooh. better at that now. Jack Ball, that's what I call myself when, when I talk angry. to myself. Yeah. Well, in the mirror. Yeah, in the angry, mirror. So angry yeah. dad is Jack Ball. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that like Jack Ryan? Very similar, except he's shorter and he doesn't have abs. Okay. Yeah, and he's not he's not out there saving the world. No, but also, he does work for the that's CIA. The other critical distinction. He, he does work for the CIA. <laughs> Great yeah. show, by the way. If you have great it on Amazon. show, fantastic. We I love binged, it. We binged it. Yeah, I'm on uh, episode it's four. It's funny listening to you say that. Um, talking to my dad just being here, we had a we had a family night out. Yeah, and Phil, uh, uh, my nephew Phil, is is obviously a product of one of my brothers, also on a, on a male. And apparently, we we discovered through our spouses that we all shared. Our, my dad's uh, hidden uh, inanimate object anger. Like, like we're, we're never mean to, towards other people, but we all discovered yeah. that we all have that same, yeah. like, yep. uh, uh, the internal, yeah. really yeah. dad anger. We yeah. all found out, and we all, we all, and he, we finally were able to, my dad's 88, and we were finally, yeah. he was finally able to kind of just let, we we're all able to let, we have to laugh. We're like, come on, That's let's be honest. Yeah. Let's be honest. The tree's right here. The yeah. apples are all floating around you right here, dude. Okay, so let's can we? It's just acknowledge that we've had this, you know, because because it, it's true. And it's I I, I will I'm, I'm probably going to destroy this. Listening to you, I'm going to destroy this joke, but I'm going to give credit to John Huck. John Huck tells this great joke about when he was a kid. He was watching his dad make a sandwich, and then he saw his dad get in a fight with a piece of cheese that he couldn't get out of the wrapper. <laughs> and he's like my dad is crazy and he goes years later he goes I realized my dad wasn't mad at the cheese the cheese represented life in the moment <laughs> oh my gosh and he always so tells me that story because I laugh I'm like yeah I've had I've we had gotta have Huck on would, would yeah. Huck do this podcast we oh, gotta well, have yeah. I would love to have I think he'll be he'll, he'll definitely be a little more toe to toe with you than I am. But I like that. I yeah. and cuz my conversations he's been very honest he's and respectful. very respectful. Don't get me wrong. No, no, no. Me but dude, that's right. one of the things I love because I think I would like to have especially the four of us because I think too that level of honesty we got to all be prepared to to have those conversations. I think that's I think that's good. So yeah, that I would love to yeah. cuz Well, how about you? What's the Jared, what's the biggest uh, I know you told us about the Hebrews 11 story there, but is there yeah. anything from your mom or your dad that that has really stuck with you that you you take away yeah i've both great phenomenal parents i have a really great relationship with my dad i think one thing i watched not like a specific incident but just over time was how good my dad is at being patient with Hmm. change Hmm. like in other people but especially with us you know he wasn't like the way we had one conversation so get it together or you're (laughs) gone yeah i mean just with me like uh i went to college and began to study theology and came back freshman year with just enough information to be really dangerous and super yeah. arrogant. Yeah. And so like, I remember I was just thinking about this the other day for some reason, I remember sitting my dad down and like for an hour excoriating him, telling him why, like some of the things that he's believed his whole life are wrong and he needs to think differently about wow. these things. Wow. And my dad was just patient with me. Cause like I would, yeah, like, okay, well how about this? Pack your bags because the homeless yeah. shelters down the road and I'll drop, I'll, I'll drop you there. I'll drop you there. Like he was just so patient with me. Wow. Um, throughout my my growth and maturing and still is. Um, he was patient with my brother through some really hard times that he went through. Just like, as I look back, had such wisdom in being patient and having kind of a long-term perspective on change, yeah. not getting caught up in the moment. Um, wow. He's just, he's an incredibly patient person. And I, I want to be like that. I'm not naturally like that. I'm Me really naturally impulsive. And I want to, I want to, Fist fight the cheese. You do like, want to fight the I cheese. I want to fight the cheese. That's my new thing. I'm going to fight the cheese, I want to man. Fight the cheese, man. But so, Dan, you know, I know that um, I, I know that your dad passed way before your mom. Yeah. 
Um, uh, at what age had your dad passed? And then, uh, just out of curiosity, your relationship—we've we, never really kind of delved into your. Sure. Rela- I mean, I knew a lot about your mom in the later years, but I, yeah. we've, I've never spent a lot of time talking to you about yeah. your youth. Yeah. And your relationship with your mom and dad. Yeah, and was yeah. in Colorado? Colorado, right? Yeah. So I mean, like what yeah. like your world? Like what was what was your world? So I was an only child, um, and my world everything revolved around me for the most part because my mom and dad were, you know, but not as much when I was younger with my dad, because my dad was a small businessman. He was a car dealer, so he was it was in the seventies where you had the gas crisis and everything. So I mean, and of course, when that came along, he had nothing but Cadillacs on the lot, which weren't selling because they were gas guzzlers. So, like, it was one thing after another, and he was struggling. So he had to be at work all the time. So it was mainly me and my mom. And my mom did some great things and was great. She was a clinical psychologist, so she was trained. She was always my mom was somebody who could help everybody else, but she could never help herself. Interesting. It was, she was just full giver. It was fascinating. Yeah, and but I I I now I have since discovered things. You know, I didn't realize because they kind of sheltered it from me, but it started, my mom was somebody who couldn't handle what life threw at her. So for her, um, her family started dying off. So her sister died of cancer, my aunt, her her mom and her dad and her her aunt who kind of raised her and um, everybody started dying in the early 70s and my mom couldn't handle that she couldn't she was losing a lot of her family very quickly losing her family very quickly couldn't couldn't handle life and that's why she turned to started with valium started with a lot of other things she had we were in car accidents too but those were she was self-medicating for other things because we used to my dad would send her to the mayo clinic all kinds of places and nothing was ever they could never really kind of diagnose anything there was always a pain here but when they'd x-ray that oh that moved here or whatever and but we were just, you know, I just, as a kid, I was like, oh, mom doesn't feel good, you know, and it became more progressively, she started doing more and more medicine and taking more medicine, and, and gradually the mom that I knew when I was, till I was about eight years old, started changing, mm. and I didn't know, I didn't know why that was changing, but now I do know um, when my mom moved, when I moved her out from Colorado after my dad had died to, to live in California, I found some notes that she had written to God and she'd put them in this little metal pagoda we had in our kitchen that as I was going through stuff, I, I started finding these notes and Jill and I went through it and it was, it was the saddest thing. Cause she was like, you know, she was praying in these notes to God and she, her, her relationship with God changed over time. Like luckily Jared was there at the, at the very end with me with my mom in the hospital and we were able to, but over the last 18 years since my dad passed, we had great conversations and I know I'll see her again because we had we had fantastic she understood her faith at the end but she didn't understand it then and so she her only way to cry out was to write a note to god and i read these things and i just like oh my gosh it breaks my heart because mm-hmm. she she didn't know where to go but she did in her 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 the grain of faith that she did have she she turned to god so that's been a good a good reminder for me, but but life was really good. I had so many good things, but as I look back, there was things that I didn't realize until I met my wife, who kind of said, "Hey, you know, you might." Some of these things sound a little bit weird in your relationship with you know, and it's always tough when you get married, right? Because it's hard sometimes. Some for some people more than others. I was an only child. I think it was hard for my parents to let me go in a lot of ways. And so, did that, you leave straight out at eighteen? Uh, at eighteen, I went. Uh, it wasn't as hard for them to let that go, though. It was hard. I went and performed in an amusement park in, in Pittsburgh before I went to college. So, like the day after I graduated, I was on the road and I was uh, working, and then I went to school. But I think it was really hard when I got married. 
for them to be to to let me go and and cleave as the bible would say to somebody else you know and my life oh, okay. became became that that became central you're basically starting your own new family and right it's a separation from right the previous family. right and that was really hard what was your relationship the, with your dad it was great um you know he was not a perfect guy but he was he was an awesome awesome guy and and you know what you guys have said about your dad like I learned very much like you. I, I learned uh, how somebody's views can change and how for somebody who was of a generation, my dad was born in 1927. So he was of a generation where you didn't admit your failings. You didn't admit, you didn't know something. I know it all by God. I'll tell you what, you, you know, that was, mm. that, was my, that was my dad's thing. But I remember towards the end, more the end of his life, he'd come out to visit me here and um, I watched his views change on things. For instance, I'll tell you a quick story. So I, I'm a singer and I studied with a vocal coach out here who was one of the greatest guys ever, happened to be a gay man. And he and his partner were so kind to me. And like, I didn't know anybody in Los Angeles. So they would feed me. They would, I would go for a lesson and they would talk to me. They helped me try to get agents. They were just the kindest, kindest, sweetest people in the whole world. And my dad became aware of that. And he knew I was out here by myself and he would have done anything to help me succeed, you know, as an actor. He was always, and sometimes it was well meaning, but it was just ridiculous. Like he'd call me, hey, you know what? I was watching the Magnum PI. And if you could just get in with that Tom Seller. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, Dad, I, great I, wish, I wish I could. That's fantastic. But I just, but you know, anyway, so he would have done anything for me. But he came out and said, you think we could take those those, uh, those fellas out to dinner? I said, which, which fellas? You know that The queer ones? And I was like, because uh, he, and he didn't mean it pejoratively. He didn't, he didn't know. Right. I don't think he'd ever known anybody who was gay or anything, you know? So he was like, uh, can we, can we take those guys out? Cause he wanted to show them how much he appreciated that they took care of his son. Mm. And we went out to dinner and we had a great time. And afterwards we're driving home and my dad said, if you would have told me I'd go out with a couple of gay guys and have a, have a good time, be able to talk to them much, I would have told you you're crazy. I really like those guys, and mm. I was like, "Wow!" I mean, that was a that was a huge thing for my yeah. dad, you know, to be able to 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 do that. So seeing that, also, it was a great modeling of like, "Hey, you know, you can kind of you can, despite what your predispositions are to certain things, you can still have relationship with people, and you can uh, disagree on certain things." Like, I'm sure that he didn't think that was an ideal lifestyle. I'm sure that he had lots of reservations with that, as do you know. I think if Christians are honest, you can have reservations with how people live and certain aspects of their life without throwing them away and refusing to have relationship and right. refusing to engage. Yeah, you know, because you're either afraid of it or whatever, whatever mm. the case is. I don't know. How old are you when he passed away? I was 32. Okay. So, yeah, he was, uh, and he dropped, he went just how he wanted to go. He um, used to tell me all the time, you know, by God, I tell you what, if I'm uh, I'm a vegetable and I can't do what I want to do, you go get the 38 and you go in there and you just put me out. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) Pop, I'm going to go kill you with your 38. Uh, That's not good. I would use a pillow. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I would use a silencer. But it, it was, you know, he... If he would have lived the way my mom did, because my mom struggled and was in assisted living and then in a nursing home and and just struggled for 18 years, and it got worse and worse. And her, I always say to people, her world got smaller and smaller um, until finally she was just in these tiny little rooms. Because my mom also retreated because of her addiction to a large extent. She just retreated from the world. My dad, that would have killed him if he would have 
he had a massive heart attack. Had that not taken his life and he would have been not able to do the things he wanted to do, he would have been, it would have consumed him. And as much as I was sad about his passing and I was devastated because we, we talked all the time and he's Italian and, and Bulgarian. And so we were talking about what we were going to eat, what we just <laughs> ate or were, you know, what we ate earlier in the day. I mean, it was just, I talked to him several times a day and I'd, I'd go work. Like if I got a job at Warner brothers, I'd call my dad and said, Hey, I'm outside the stage where they shot the sting right now. Like, and you'd be like, Oh, that's, that's great. You know, cause he just, he, he was very supportive of me living that life, but had he had he not been able to live the way he wanted to, so God was gracious. I used to just mourn that, and I was, I was like, why couldn't I have more time? He never knew my kids, mm. but I'm so glad that in God's providence, he took my dad the way he did, because yeah. that's how he, it was his biggest fear. He watched his dad die a long, lingering death, and then my, my dad was, and his mom, and he was scared to death of that. Mm. So, anyway. Yeah. I feel like I've been talking too much. No, no, no great, man. Thanks for sharing that. Sharing, yeah. yes, sharing. sharing. Do I have the talking stick? Do you have the talking stick? Sharing is caring. Yes. Sharing is caring. Bro. Yes. Thank you for saying that. That's a different that. type of sharing. But, that's, <laughs> that's but I will tell you one thing that I'm conflicted about with my dad is my dad and I, because I didn't understand my faith until I was pretty much in my 30s, and I started understanding it just before he passed away. But um, we never had the conversations that I had with my mom. So I know, mm-hmm. I know, I'll see my mom again. I don't know that with my dad. My dad was really a great guy, and he had a lot of friends, and he did a lot of, like, it, I, he had, like, 250 people at his funeral service. I was, like, shocked, and people who would tell stories that I had no idea about how he would take a chance on somebody and finance their business or help them with something, and I didn't know those things. But, again, as a Christian, I know that that doesn't mean you can do all the great things in the world, but, you know, if you're honest about your faith, it depends on your relationship with Christ and do you yeah. accept that Christ is the Savior? I don't know. I, I hope, I hope, you know, I found some Bibles that my dad had and we did have some discussions and I know he believed in God, you know, but I just, I don't know because we didn't, I didn't have the luxury of having those conversations with him. And that's something that I have to wrestle with and I'll talk to people sometimes, like when you and I did that podcast about parenting, and your partner on the show um, looked Mark. at me and said, Mark, and he said, you know, do you mean to tell me if my daughter doesn't accept Jesus, she's going to go to hell? And I said, well, I'm, I'm just the messenger. But yeah, if you're, if you're, if you're going to be truthful about what, what the book says, yeah, that you're either with God for eternity or you're apart from God. And that's, it's easier for me to have conversations with people like that because they can say, well, you're just, you're obviously somebody who raised in the church. And, and I'm like, no, I, I have the same, I don't know about my dad. I don't know. I just don't know. And it wasn't that he wasn't a great guy. He was a great guy. Yeah. And I loved him, but I don't have that same security. And I wish I, I did that. I wish I did have that security. Well, I will answer that question for you. Okay. He will be there. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, I, honestly, yeah. he will be yeah. there. I do. I do find that 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 argument is is it's so funny because I don't people really yeah. they haven't really broken down that argument that you yeah. had with Mark. Yeah, yeah. Because you can't be upset about something if you don't believe it. And you said that so to him. That I remember really, that. Did I say? Yeah, that? yeah you said that. I've always found that argument. It's like, well, I don't, I don't believe in 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 uh, Christianity. I don't, I don't believe in in a heaven or a hell. Well, if you don't, then you're going to go to hell. Like, what do you mean I'm going to hell? Like, you just said you don't believe in it. You're upset. You can't That's a really good point. I'll never forget that day. Get upset about something you don't believe in. Right. Because, but for, it's like, but it happens more often than not that people are like, well, I don't believe in heaven, but you better not tell me I'm going and to I'm hell. And angry that, that other you do. thing yeah. that I don't believe in right. has really upset me. And yeah. you told him that that day, and that was like, I hadn't thought of it. And I was like, wow, That's thanks. Point, Brian. Well, because it's... Back. It's just, you know, I truly believe that, like, if you want to see your dad again, you're going to see your dad again. 
Yeah. You have you. Yeah. There is no other thought process to that. Like it's it, yeah. it to hang your hat on anything else. I think is is it, it it's sad to me. Yeah. You will see your dad again. You will yeah. see what whatever you want to see again. You yeah. will see it again. You have to believe that. Yeah, I, you have to believe that as strong as any other convictions that you have. Sure. Well, and I, I you know, I, I hope that, I truly hope that's the case, but I, I do know as I've read through Scripture, and like it was harder for me when he first passed away, but I've read that, you know, when you look at how it's described, how eternity is described in terms of no more pain, no more tears, like it's something so, because we're we're not dwelling with this this sin, this brokenness that we have now, that's that's the idyllic life that you you have if you accept the premise of Christianity that that whatever whatever the case is that uh, you know it'll be something where you don't have regrets you don't have mm-hmm. all of those things so I don't know well it's, it sounds like you had a good strong relationship great. with him yeah, when he great. was here and I'm yeah. sure you would agree that 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 is the first and most important thing is while you're here make the best of that regardless of where you're ending up. That doesn't mean you, 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 I'm assuming you would agree with this, Jared, that you don't discount what you have currently in front of you all for the sake of what you think you're going to get later. Right. I mean, you there's still, my point is you should, you should appreciate and do as much as you can and get the most out of this life that you have. Correct. Well, I mean, I think, you know, from a Christian worldview, if there's a hierarchy, then, then spiritual things are of utmost importance because those are eternal. Right. Sure. But I think to your point, that doesn't mean you throw out what you had. Right. And I think, right. um, there are people who do that, right? They say that if you're not just like me, then we can't have a relationship. And I think that's sad. Um, Can I give you guys a, a point of reference of what you're talking about? Yes. So our, our neighbor yeah. had recently passed. He was uh, 87 years old and he was a gay man. We knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his family finally had come around yeah. to, you know, nine months later, I had finally made it out here. They're all from the Midwest. And they made it out here to see the thing. And, and yeah. what, what, what broke me, was that we always kind of knew there really wasn't a relationship there because yeah. imagine being a gay man that was born in whatever 1932 yeah you know and yeah. and how the world views that and how secretive it had to have been and how isolating it had to have been yeah and how unaccepting people were of just who you, you were talking about with your dad like how unaccepting people were it's like you may you don't have to you don't have to subscribe to what they do yeah but you don't have to dismiss them as a human being and you don't hate them people. yeah you right. don't have to hate them yeah. um and I don't think they truly understood, even in death, as they were going through all of his stuff and the things that they were saying, I don't think they really ever truly understood the impact that they had on his life mm, yeah. when they said he was a loner, he was not really involved, yeah. nobody really got to know him. And I yeah. was like, oh my God, you don't really understand why he was a loner, why he didn't get to know you. Yeah. Because... They also simultaneously, as I heard in in conversation with somebody else, yeah. there wasn't an acceptance of who he was. There was a denial of who he was. And I was like, in your own words, you're not understanding that you had denied him the access, the full access to your lives because you weren't accepting yeah. of a part of it. And it turned him into an isolated loner from the family. Yeah. And in death, I was just like, that's it's sad that they hadn't really fully come to terms mm, with that. Like sure. that's, that's this in, in the end. Yeah. This is what it had become when they finally got to go through all of this stuff and realize, wow. oh, this is who this human being was. Yeah. And I think there's, man, we could talk about this. Maybe we should talk about this for a full episode. Remember point. when you said you wanted this to be the most uplifting episode <laughs> ever? <laughs> hey, but we go where, we're, where we're, the road yeah, leads. That's what I'm saying. No, but, anything so I'm saying makes sense. Yes. Absolutely yes, makes yes, sense. Yes, and yes, I think yes. from, a, from a Christian perspective, um, you look at somebody like that, and we think the Bible speaks clearly about that as being 
wrong, right? And there's there's other ways that people live their life that the Bible would identify as wrong. I think where Christians have have erred is in again not having like we talked about last episode the nuance to say. I think you're doing some things that I don't agree with and the Bible actually says are wrong, but I want you to know that you're made in the image of God, and so you have dignity and value as a person. And, and you're not I want a relationship with you, yeah. right? Yeah. Again, if the only relationships I have with people are people who check off all my presuppositional boxes, yeah. then I'm going to be a sad, lonely, angry person, yeah. or be off in an enclave where everybody else is sad, lonely, angry, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, to your point, again, what you said in the last episode, that we don't we don't isolate ourselves, right? I'm not trying to create a Christian commune like in Waco, yeah. Texas or something like that, <laughs> where we all just isolate ourselves and we're only with people who are just like us, right? right? And so I right. think the nuance there is I can still hold to biblical truth and, and biblical sure. conviction, sure. but I can also love a person, right? And I can right. be in relationship with them, and I can yeah. extend them the common grace I would to any other person that lived next to me, right? Because I don't go up to my neighbor and say, hey, just real quick, here's all the things I think about everything. Can you just tell me wh- where areas you disagree? Agree, so then I can write you off real quick. Yeah, we don't do that, and yet right. I think we, Although, we artificially do yeah. that with some yeah. things in life. And, and I think you're your own uh, census, right? And right. I think yes. as Christians, I think as Christians, we get that confused many times where we do do that. We don't even realizing we're doing, we realize we're doing that, and then because we feel like, well, if I'm having a relationship with this person, I'm compromising my beliefs, and right. it's like, no, you're not. You're, no, because if you met any person who right. was of a different faith, right? You, you, it wouldn't take long to figure out things that you disagree on. Right. Seriously, right? Absolutely. Strenuously. Yeah. And, so, and just being in relationship with somebody yeah. doesn't mean that you're affirming no. things that they believe that you don't believe, right? It's not, it no. doesn't mean that you're giving up on your convictions. Right. And I want to be clear about that story that I told too, which is because I think this is really important. I'm not casting any stones here. I'm not calling those people bad people. No, I just think I get that this is, the, right. this is the culture that we've created where we, where we misunderstand each other. Yeah. Right. And at the and, end of a life, you can err on the wrong side. That, yeah. th- and I think that's kind of what you're talking about. It's like, don't err on the wrong side. Yeah. Don't misunderstand what you, what you are, right? And don't just refuse embrace, to engage because yeah. you disagree. Yeah, I just think that... And look, these people these people also grew up in a time where like almost nobody talked about that stuff. Right. We're talking about right. people who are like, what do you mean Liberace's gay? Right. Like, I mean... Are you, he was? There are you was serious? There like hardcore no denial back then where you just like look at it like, oh my God, everybody, seriously? Next thing you can tell me, seriously? Paul Lind was gay. I can't right. believe it. That's over the millennials' heads. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Don't know who that is. Uh, yeah, they're all called colorful people. Yeah, right, right, they're right. They're flamboyant, yeah. and they are entertaining as heck. Yeah. That's all. They're just extra happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But my point is, it's like, yeah. I don't... Yeah. You also can't throw back at them. You 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 should have known better. Like that's yeah. not no, solving. No, no, you either. can't. And that's not what I'm saying. And I those just, no, but I'm saying those people too. That again, from the Christian worldview, you'd love those people where they're at too. And if you could share some truth with them, and and you could talk to somebody about that if they were open to it. But again, if they're not, that's okay too. It's like being unoffendable, right? We're going through this. Right. This book right now, as a as a as a Christian, you know, it, it makes the thesis that you should be unoffendable because. Uh, you know, if you've been forgiven much, what could you ever hold against anybody else? Even if they, even if they hate your guts, you, you got to love them because we're called to we're called to love everybody, not just the people who love us. Yeah, and as as we like to call it in the in the other world, stop being a pucker butt. <laughs> <laughs> from Random House, from Brian <laughs> Irwin right. presents Loosen up, new have video a good time. series, Pucker Buttness. Well, we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to continue this uh, another time. No. But this is a great conversation. But would you mind if as we as we go out today, instead of having Barb play us out on the organ, we go out on Girl on the Bike? That's a good idea. If, if that's what Barb wants. What I like about this too, this is I want to get the rap at the end, or not the rap, but just the talking over the music. Hold on. Spoken word. 
when I first saw you scrolling on Wilson Park. Christian I can't forget looking at those pretty brown eyes. You were so special to me. This has been Christian And day by day, I thank the Lord you came into my life. And if you love me, I'll give you the love that you have been waiting for. I'll be loving you always, girl. And forever, I keep you in mind. Girl, one love.